If there's a risk, they have to have a plan to mitigate that risk. If there's an opportunity, a benefit, then they need to surf that energy created by the wave behind that megatrend that can enable them to get into that market more effectively. Welcome to the Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesota with the world. Our mission is to advance international understanding and engagement in every corner of the state. We do this with a variety of programs, including our public events, K-12 education programs, great decisions discussion groups, and professional exchanges. To learn more, visit our website at globalminnesota.org. I'm Nicholas Hayen, Marketing and Communications Manager for Global Minnesota, and today we are continuing our podcast series by interviewing some of the amazing people that Global Minnesota connects with as we work together to bring Minnesota to the world and the world to Minnesota. Next month, Global Minnesota is launching the inaugural event in a new annual event series designed to provide a snapshot of international business megatrends and insights for Minnesota companies in search of strategies in response. The annual Global Business Outlook promises to be the premier event for tracking and adapting to global business megatrends and for understanding the risks and opportunities they present. The inaugural event will be hosted on November 29th at the 3M Innovation Center and will bring together over 100 of Minnesota's business leaders for discussion and networking. The event will feature a keynote address by John Pernour, CEO of the consulting firm Government Analytica followed by an elite panel of Minnesota businesses, including Cargill, 3M, and others. On today's episode, I'm joined by our keynote speaker for the annual Global Business Outlook, John Pernour, CEO and founder of Government Analytica. He has 35 years of experience working at the intersection of governments and industry. Most recently, he was the VP of Government Affairs for a Fortune 100 multinational, where he engaged policymakers at the federal level in 29 states and in 37 countries. He has served on numerous boards and has been appointed by the U.S. Secretary of Commerce to the Minnesota District Export Council. John launched Government Analytica out of a passion to unlock the public value of government proposals to inspire policymakers to improve lives. He helps his clients shape the conversation through thought leadership content. He unlocks policymaker impasse by using his company's access to data and analytics to show the public value and the greater good of these proposals. Government Analytica has helped companies, advocates, associations, coalitions, commissions, and councils to unlock the public value behind their proposals and receive or save millions of dollars. He is a tireless advocate and volunteer for community-based organizations, including Global Minnesota. And he divides his time between Washington, D.C. and Minnesota. So, John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. We're also joined by recurring guest star, Global Minnesota's own corporate relations officer, Steve Riedel. Welcome again, Steve. Appreciate the invitation, Nick. Of course. So they've joined to give you an exclusive preview of the annual Global Business Outlook, how your company can implement the lessons learned from this event into your corporate success, and how to attend or sponsor the event. So it's good to have you both in the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, John, let's start by just telling us a bit more about yourself, your career in government affairs, and about Government Analytica. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure for me to be here, and I'm very excited that this is becoming a topic that we're going to talk about annually. I uh, worked for many different companies over the years and in the, in a variety of different roles. Uh, in the last 20-plus years of my career, I was in a lead role for government affairs, and of course, 
if you look back at the last 20 years, we have had technological changes, geopolitical changes, and many other events that has reshaped or rebalanced uh, the external environment, uh, as well as people's expectations, their ways of life, and, and how we connect and communicate with one another. All of these trends in one way or another impact our lives. Uh, they impact the business environment. Uh, and of course, at the nexus of these uh, mega trends are the ability of governments to be able to regulate, uh, invest, direct, defend uh, uh, the um, positions they hold and also the priorities that they have. And so my focus has really been trying to understand those underlying trends, their impact uh, and the responses government has and ultimately how that reshapes the business environment. Uh, that's why I'm here sharing my, my um, uh, knowledge with you today. Great. It sounds like you'll be sharing a lot of that knowledge at the annual Global Business Outlook. So Steve, um, what can everyone expect from this event and how do you think it will benefit Minnesota corporations to attend? Well, Nick, when I think about why do businesses attend events, there's really two main ingredients that, that drive them. Uh, the content, what are they going to learn? And will they have an opportunity to network? For some companies, it's really 50-50. And the reason I'm excited about our event is that we're going to deliver uh, seriously good content, and we're going to have really uh, marvelous networking. Uh, the content, number one, uh, John Pernor. I've known John for many years. Uh, I knew him in his years at, uh, at 3M, and he has been a, a great friend and supporter of Global Minnesota. We're really grateful for that. Um, and uh, last year, we did an event uh, with our International Business Roundtable series, where John was our keynote to talk about global business megatrends. And we had exceptionally good registration for that event. I think we had 180 sign up for that event. Um, and uh, it's safe to say that everybody really learned a lot that day. Uh, so number one, great content. So after John presents, then we're going to have uh, a senior official from Cargill um, and maybe as many as two officials from 3M because everyone has heard about 3M's uh, major change recently where they split off part of the company to a, uh, a medical company. So we, we hope to be hearing from two people from 3M. That alone will be really interesting. So, and then as a bonus, um, 3M is offering to give our participants um, a tour of the 3M Innovation Center, which is, um, uh, I cannot say enough good about how cool that Innovation Center is and how much our visitors um, appreciate a chance to get to know one of the crown jewels of Minnesota's economy, um, 3M. That Innovation Center tells a great story. So um, we expect a great turnout that night. So marvelous networking. So that's my way of saying, I, I think every business will, will benefit from being there that night. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot to offer in this. So John, without giving too much away, because we want to save some for the uh, for the main event, what are some examples of these megatrends that you're seeing and, and how can businesses utilize those trends to be successful in the global marketplace? Uh, that's a very good question. I think there are two angles when we talk about megatrends. Megatrends can be a risk to a business or an opportunity. And I think there is always a distinction that needs to be made. And of course, strategies can be offensive or defensive for businesses. Um, if we 
scan the landscape of uh, megatrends, you see market access and globalization or the uh, receding of uh, intensity or desire for globalization is one of the trends we see. Industrial and foreign policy is, is part of the package. Uh, global influence than the that the countries exert because of their economy, because of their geography, becomes really important. Environmental and industrial policy uh, are key aspects of megatrends. Supply chains uh, are now uh, a hot topic to discuss, and of course, the perennial topics that we constantly hear about and impact us are the change and shift in demographics and immigration. All of these factors in some way tend to influence the external environment, and therefore they are part of megatrends that we, we track. One of the things I want to emphasize is the term megatrend actually is one that was coined by John Nesbitt in a book of the same name. And in that book, he says megatrends are like horses. They're easy to uh, track if they're all running in the same direction. The challenge with megatrends is, uh, and the opportunity with megatrends, is that megatrends tend to be fairly durable, which means they're in play for years, not just a year or two. And therefore, businesses can align and uh, take advantage of or take protective actions towards megatrends. Uh, the uh, more disruptive events tend to require more immediate and reactive response. And of course, businesses in their business plans put a mix of both strategies. Yeah, and it sounds like because of that durability, that's part of the reason why we're doing this as an annual series, correct? So that even though the actual trends in the aggregate might be about the same year after year, there's a lot of individualized differences that we want to stay up to date on every year, would you say? Precisely. As an example, uh, this year, ChatGPT was unveiled and suddenly the discussion, uh, public discourse, as well as uh, in private companies, is about how you can take advantage of this new development in uh, automating and increasing the productivity of your workforce. And so we have we would not have talked about having access to this level of um, technological prowess, I would say, so quickly now, but with its unveiling and introduction, suddenly there's a realization that it's closer than it has been. And so businesses have to respond. Uh, last year, we would not have been able to easily point to it. We knew it was coming, but we couldn't put uh, a, a pin on the map and say when it would arrive. But today it's here. And I think similarly, we see um, uh, some, of, some of the trends uh, intensify in a mega trend. So the megatrend still holds, but there are aspects of it that may be more intensely um, developing in one year versus another. And these are the nuances that strategic planners for businesses tend to focus on. And my hope is that by coming to this event, uh, there would be insights both from uh, the content I will be sharing, uh, but equally important, more importantly even, the panel where these companies will be sharing how they process these megatrends and reflect on it to develop business strategy for themselves. Yeah, I think that's an excellent strategy. And 
it really ties into how do we utilize this information because you're going to be giving us a lot to talk about, a lot to think about. Um, so can you tell me about a time where you studied one of these megatrends, you implemented that knowledge, and then you use that to drive either future business growth or to, to mitigate a risk? Um, that's a great question. I would uh, nominate probably today, given the dynamics we're faced with, uh, supply chains as a topic uh, that uh, is important. As of course, I think everybody listening to this podcast may remember, we had challenges with supply chains uh, uh, as soon as COVID began and post-COVID. Uh, in 2021, uh, uh, the president announced a focus on looking at and bridging any gaps in national supply chains. And then various agencies of U.S. government developed their own plans, Department of Energy focusing on energy-related supply chains, health and human services, on healthcare, care, uh, et cetera. And uh, over the past two years, for instance, in the U.S., now we have a cadre of individuals who are constantly tracking uh, U.S. companies' uh, uh, supply chains so that they know essential goods and services can be delivered to the citizens of the United States in a prompt manner. And with, when government intervention is important, that they would have the ability to intervene and bridge any gaps that there may be. The trend of reshoring that we see is partly because of supply chains, so that a delay in the arrival of chips to the United States does not impede production of automobiles and other industries uh, that we have here. Um, ironically, other countries are e were equally affected by this issue, and each country is actually looking at their own supply chains. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were in a global economy that was under just-in-time production and just-in-time consumption with a little slack in the system for the movement of goods and services as they were transported from the producers to the consumers. Uh, we realized that such a tight system doesn't have the elasticity to respond to a spike in demand or a drop in demand dramatically and therefore more resilience is required in the system for it to be effective. And uh, this is one of those uh, key megatrends that I think takes a number of years to unfold because moving production of goods and services around the world takes time, building an investment takes time and money. And uh, that's one of those megatrends that I believe will continue to unfold uh, in front of us as we go forward. Yeah, I think that's a very poignant example. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be these large uh, global issues like, like a pandemic. I remember when a boat got stuck in the Suez Canal and that caused havoc for weeks and months of, of reverberations. So it can be even these seemingly little things that can really impact our supply chains. Because as you mentioned, just in time uh, production, it's really great for efficiency, but it's not so great when um, for elasticity, as you say. Precisely. And in fact, just this year, uh, movement of ships through the Panama Canal were affected partly because of climate change and the lack of uh, rainfall that is required to keep the low salt and high salt uh, sides of the canal in balance. And ships may not have been able to get through as fast as they could. So there are all these external factors that are impacting supply chains that need to be investigated 
so that a country's economy keeps chugging along as it uh, receives raw materials, semi-finished goods, and other things it needs to be able to uh, continue the economic activity that the country needs to have. Yeah, and speaking of the the planning process for these, you know, part of the reason for the timing of this event is to help businesses with their strategic planning. So how can businesses operationalize this information that they're going to get at the Global Business Outlook and put that into their strategic plans? Uh, most businesses usually go through a strategic planning cycle where they have a long-range plan, and of course, they have to create plans for the immediate year ahead before it begins. The reason we timed this event to be in November because uh, is because we know these businesses are on the heels of finalizing their next year's plans, and we thought a discussion of megatrends would be important. Uh, for the community at large, uh, as many of these businesses are weighing the pros and cons of their various strategies. So generally, long-term plans set um, goals that take multiple years to accomplish. Uh, but to get there, each year's plan needs to have enough steps forward so that in three to five years, you can reach the goals you have set. While the, those steps forward uh, may be evident at the outset, they're always impacted by issues like um, a loading on supply chains or um, uh, climate-related issues or uh, uh, industrial policy or other types of um, uh, market access issues that uh, companies may have to one region of the world or another. So there are dynamic factors that influence these outward looking plans. And those dynamic factors are incorporated into most plans in two ways. If there is a risk, uh, the, the operating plan for the following year, uh, for the fiscal year needs to have enough backup uh, steps so that if plan A uh, for a particular strategy cannot be accomplished, there is a plan B and C that they can that can be worked on. And also, uh, many of these opportunities, many of these uh, changes or megatrends can create opportunities. Uh, how can you take advantage of those opportunities to be able to accelerate your plans beyond what you thought was feasible or possible? Both of these elements needs to be incorporated into strategic plans, and that is why we felt it was important uh, in the latter part of the year to have a discussion about megatrends and about strategic planning as we look out at the year to come. So when we're considering this planning, it really sounds like we should do more than just address it for one fiscal year. It should be over a much longer time period, correct? So like it's the strategy might stay the same year over year, but it's the individual tactics of how you pursue that based on the landscape of each year that's going to change. Precisely. For instance, one of our megatrends is that wary of globalization, countries are going to put a premium on access to their internal markets. Of course, um, that premium that they put on access would be manifested in the form of various types of regulations. So the megatrend uh, uh, will, will stand for a number of years, but it takes time for governments to implement new market access requirements. And that is the piece that unfolds year to year and, and there needs to be a response by businesses uh, effectively 
uh, one year at a time. Um, governments tend to invest in national economic sectors that have high global competitive advantage. In the United States, we had the CHIPS Act, which encourages uh, bringing chip manufacturing back to the U.S. Uh, and expanding it. And so these industrial policies, again, take time for factories to be planned, factories to be built, for the products to start flowing and changing the nature of um, supply of those products and the other products that they would be incorporated uh, in uh, to make them functional. Um, these are all uh, elements that I think uh, are unfolding as a general trend over time, but there are manifestations of them year to year that needs to be tracked and incorporated into the strategic plans. Excellent. So I'm thinking about, you know, a smaller company that might be a little overwhelmed by all this information. They might not have the dedicated staff needed to study megatrends. And instead, maybe they're just relying simply on reading the day's news to stay informed of world events. So how would you compare just, you know, reading the news, staying up on that versus studying these megatrends in depth as a way to inform your company's strategy? Yeah, I think, um, of course, smaller companies uh, tend to have a sort of narrow, narrower distribution of roles in the company. Uh, each person probably does two or three different jobs at a time, whereas in a larger company, the level of specialization tends to be higher. So there are strategic planners, they may be even people that track economies and, and try to figure out where the best markets are. Fortunately, we have a lot of resources that could be activated for small companies. Uh, U.S. government, Minnesota government, uh, many state governments are very keen on uh, supporting their small and micro, small and medium-sized businesses in being effective in a global marketplace. I think those resources could be the ones that these businesses can take advantage of. Um, for instance, uh, U.S. Export Assistance Center, uh, uh, funded by Department of Commerce here in Minnesota, would be a place to go. Department of um, uh, Economic Development uh, that the state has and Minnesota trade office would be places that uh, people can go to seek insights for certain markets uh, and sectors. Uh, there is the small business administration that has uh, export assistance centers that could be uh, beneficial. And there are other agencies of US government, depending on what you're exporting and how you're doing that, that can give you a flavor of for what these mega trends are and where risks or opportunities may be for you as a small business and can counsel you on this. So I think there are a lot of resources that can be activated for small businesses um, at the local level. Well, John, thank you for mentioning all those great resources and all those local partners. Um, as you've been sharing this morning, I've been thinking about our friends in the small and medium-sized business community and the fact that uh, so many of them uh, wear multiple hats and they don't have the capacity that the big company does to do the kind of the level of research that that you you do for a living now. And to me, um, they uh, are are uh, such an important audience for our event. I, I think about they're just struggling to keep their heads above water, and they they're the ones that are a little more at risk of being caught off guard by a trend that they're not following. Um, and I'm hoping that by attending our event, they're going to have a couple of aha moments where they realize 
here's a trend I need to spend a little more time on, and I'm really glad that I came. So thank you for bringing up the SMEs today, John. Yeah, so speaking of which, what are some of the things that these small, medium-sized companies could do today, you know, to incorporate what they're going to hear in your in your presentation? Um, yeah, I think a number of um, items in the presentation uh, on November 29th, I think may be beneficial to them. And the question for them is to ask themselves, if this is the mega trend, how do I apply that to my product offerings and which uh, sectors of the economy uh, domestically or internationally are the best places for me to be able to uh, uh, take advantage of, of these megatrends. Um, for instance, um, one of the megatrends I'll speak about is that environmental policy will drive an increasing share of the industrial policy of an economy. Uh, if you are a producer of uh, products that have a, a positive uh, and beneficial environmental footprint, then I think uh, trying to figure out in the in the national industrial policy investments, opportunities, grants, or or, uh, or even uh, markets that there's demand for that, where the sweet spots would be for you to be able to um, uh, focus on. From a practical perspective, uh, every business tries to specialize in doing something better than others and therefore is able to offer that competitive advantage. And that is the, um, the pivot point, the bane of its marketing efforts to seek customers. And I think when those benefits also align with megatrends, you have this surge of energy that the businesses sort of can surf uh, the wave of this megatrend and be able to amplify their impact over time. Um, so I encourage uh, small and medium-sized businesses to participate, to listen, and then ask themselves how that specific megatrend is going to impact impact either their product portfolio, their target markets, the geographies that they're uh, uh, going into, and whether there is a benefit or a risk. If there's a risk, they have to have a plan to mitigate that risk. If there's an opportunity, a benefit, then they need to surf that energy created by the wave behind that megatrend that can enable them to get into that market more effectively. Yeah, and so it sounds like there's going to be something for everyone at this uh, particular event. So this uh, Global Business Outlook, it really follows in the successful footsteps of Global Minnesota's very popular annual foreign policy update event. And that event focuses solely on foreign policy topics. Um, and I should mention this year's presentation will be on January 31st. So you can get your tickets now at globalminnesota.org slash events. Uh, but what would you say is the correlation here between business megatrends and the geopolitical world? Yes, I think that's a great question. And of course, in this particular event for the business outlook, we're looking at the year ahead. Uh, in the January event that you mentioned, we're looking at the year that just passed us, reflecting on what lessons uh, has been learned. So I think the two events sort of create some continuity between the past and the future for global Minnesota members as they as they listen to them. Um, but I believe that there are a number of uh, key topics that become really important um, in both uh, spheres. As I mentioned, megatrends are so dominant and are so impactful on society. Uh, and whenever something that impactful happens, governments tend to be there 
to watch, to regulate, make sure the impact is not negative to the citizens of a country, citizens of a state. And uh, uh, that's the protective role of, of the government. So at times that means regulatory uh, measures are activated. At other times, it means financial measures may be activated to accelerate a, a particular field or minimize the impact on, on communities. Uh, these are the things that we can watch for. And of course, this is um, all uh, has a geopolitical nature. Supply chains are global, for instance. Um, our industrial policy is something that has certainly a domestic impact but foreign direct investment into the United States would be affected by that as well. So there's a there's a global impact. So I believe the the geography and and politics and the economy of the countries that we trade with and uh, the regions of the world that we work with are all tied into what ultimately will become the the geopolitical realities that a business has to operate in. And so I think the two are quite connected. What I want to emphasize is that quite often we reflect on the politics and how it has changed. But the question we're asking at this event is that how these geopolitical events, technological events, even uh, generational or events having to do with things like immigration, industrial policy, how do these things affect the business environment? Uh, and uh, so I think we're covering both uh, aspects of this spectrum, the purely uh, political uh, end and also the business environment end in the two events that uh, we have planned in Global Minnesota. Yeah, and I think there's definitely an important intersection there, especially, as you mentioned, in terms of geography. Because if you think of the geography of trade, where something to the effect of a third of the world's maritime trade goes through you know, the South China Sea. So if something is to flare up in that particular region, that has a very critical impact right away on something as, um, as consequential as a third of the world's maritime trade. So there are very important implications here that we can get from both of these events. Absolutely. And what you just mentioned is, again, another aspect of uh, this grand topic of supply chains that we have to be very sensitive to. Uh, so, yes, indeed, I think th these are the kinds of things we want to talk about and show how they impact um, the resilience and business continuity of our uh, small, medium and large businesses in Minnesota. Great. So then, Steve, how can individuals and corporations get involved in this event? And uh, what are the corporate programs that are coming up? What can they? What can our companies do to get involved? I mean, think about your own strategic planning today in preparation for our event. And then when you come on November 29th, bring your questions with you and challenge John. Or maybe there's some new trends that uh, that none of us have thought about. So think about trends that are important to you and bring them to the event. Uh, and come armed with questions and um, and think about what kind of follow-up for 2024. I, I mean, I plan events for Global Minnesota and I want this event to be a building block for future events for Global Minnesota. So keep in touch with me about what you'll learn on the 29th and what kind of future events Global Minnesota can do to help us dive even deeper into some of the trends that John is gonna share. Um, and I also want to emphasize for anybody listening, the event isn't isn't for businesses only. 
Um, our target audience is Minnesota businesses and corporate members, but in, there's plenty of, uh, of you individuals out there who are fans of global geopolitics and trend watching, and we want you to come as well. So the, the event is open to everybody. We want to emphasize that. Uh, as far as upcoming events, on October 12th, we're going to be partnering with uh, Dorsey and Whitney and KPMG to bring a speaker from Washington, D.C., from Albright Stonebridge Group to talk about business trends in China, um, an exceptionally complicated market. Uh, it's almost an understatement. So uh, that will be up on Global Minnesota's website uh, by the time this airs, uh, October 12th. Mark your calendar. And then, of course, attend the Tom Hansen event. Um, that date is uh, is January 31st. And these two events are really um, are, are going to be linked together in a very cool way. So I'm excited about attending them just two months apart uh, and being that much more conversant in, um, in what kind of trends affect you and me and our businesses. Uh, so, so, and then finally, I want to mention that um, there are sponsorship opportunities. So I invite our, especially our companies to think about whether they like to have their name and logo attached to our event. This is an elite event. It's a really special opportunity to create some additional visibility for your company um, and its support for an event that looks at global business megatrends and helps our Minnesota business uh, landscape. So when you register, um, have a look, consider um, a sponsorship of the event and feel free to get in touch with me about that. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, pretty impressive marketing packages associated with those as well uh, that I've been helping you to work on. So a lot of great opportunities to really get your company's name out there and to be seen as a leader, as a thought leader uh, in this sphere alongside Global Minnesota. So a lot of good opportunities there. Well said, Nick. Plenty of benefits to sponsoring this particular event. I encourage everybody to come. Um, I will uh, have uh, some additional information, the latest update on the Megatrend uh, document uh, report that we put out as well. And uh, I'm also working on some tools that uh, I will make publicly available at the event so people can take these trends and there would be some way of uh, processing those trends for themselves in simple, straightforward ways. But hopefully it would be a resource for the community to use. Well, and I'll just close with uh, an expression of gratitude to John Preneur for helping us out, for navigating us, for looking into the crystal ball of what megatrends are going to influence us in 2024. Um, I'm really grateful to 3M for being um, our host for this event. Uh, you're going to get a lot out of this event, but if you come, the bonus is going to be a tour of that innovation center. So I really encourage you to sign up, and I can't wait to see you all on November 29th. Great. Well, Steve, John, thank you both so much for joining. And John, I really look forward to your presentation on November 29th. It's going to be really interesting. Very thank good. You, thank you, Nick. And that's all the time we have today. You can register to attend the annual Global Business Outlook by visiting globalminnesota.org. And as a special bonus, the first 100 registrants are eligible for a guided tour of 3M's spectacular Innovation Center to see the incredible range of 3M breakthroughs in material science and product innovation. You can also learn about corporate sponsorship opportunities for this public event and many others, including significant marketing opportunities, by contacting Steve Riedel at sriedel at globalminnesota.org. Thanks, as always, to all the members of Global Minnesota who make our programs possible. Be sure to check out our website at globalminnesota.org to find information about upcoming events, 
learn more about our international programs, and sign up for our weekly newsletters. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, so you can hear untold stories of international connections each month and catch recordings of our public events. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.